Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It is an honor and a joy to be able to gather together with you today for the podcast. This is, come on, the Grace for This City podcast. Hallelujah. Why is it called Grace for This City? Well, we could could have called it Grace for Your City. Um, I'm not where you are at, but you are there. And there is an empowerment. Remember that verse that Paul uh, shared with us, or, or he didn't share with us the verse, but he did write a letter concerning it. It became a verse to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he said that he was able to do more than his contemporaries, but he said, it, yet it wasn't I, but the grace that was with me. And he said it wasn't fruitless, but it abounded with fruit. He was saying that he was empowered to do what he was called to do. Well, that's, that's the vision behind this podcast is uh, my part is to get uh, into the word, get strategies, uh, get some concepts, get the word of the Lord, and then deliver it to you. Of course, it has to bear witness with you. Don't, don't, don't do anything just because I say. Don't move just because Justin says. But the word of the Lord will bear witness with you, and that's just uh, a part of the ministry of the fivefold for you. They're gifts to you, to the body of Christ, to help you do what you need to do uh, to encourage and strengthen you to continue to do what God's called you to do. So I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to do my part to deliver the word of the Lord to you. And we're believing that uh, the right people at the right time get exactly what they need. And um, so, you know, um, again, I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to gather around the word with you via this format. So I hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, if it has been, I'd, I'd love to uh, you know, hear a testimony or, you know, um, you know, I get encouraged too, when I read the emails and, uh, the posts, the comments, you know, people say, man, I got something today. Thank you. That encouraged me, that strengthened me, uh, strengthens me, uh, that encourages us and our team here to just keep going forward. So, uh, don't ever, um, you know, if, 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 if you ever feel like, Hey, you know what? I want to tell Justin, he's doing a good, good job. Don't ever think that I don't need to hear that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It helps me too. Praise God. All right. Well, let's jump into this. And uh, we'll go a little bit further today in a thought. We've been talking about the mind, talking about renewing the mind, the law of the mind. And uh, let's look at something here again in Romans chapter 7. And here is Paul. He's writing to us and he's saying, uh, let's see, we've been all in this, but it kind of starts, chap uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 15, goes through really the end of the chapter, verse 24, 25. Uh, but here in verse 15, he says, What I am doing I do not understand, for what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it's good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good I do not find. Okay, I'm in verse 19. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do that I practice. 
Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin who dwells in me. Again, uh, whenever we read that verse 19 and 20, uh, it's very important to note that you are responsible for the deeds done in the body. While you may, uh, in hindsight, realize, wow, I had something on the inside saying don't do that. But if you violate that inner witness or the voice of your spirit, which would be the conscience, if you violate that, and you go ahead and you follow through with the lust of the flesh, depending on what what that is, the consequences could be severe. You will be held responsible for deeds done in the body. That's your body. That's your tent. And the the Bible, the the Lord and the Bible, they're one. Okay, but the Bible tells you to crucify that flesh. Don't give in to it. Don't yield to it. If you do, you'll suffer the consequences of it. He goes on to say in verse twenty one, I find then a law. So this is spiritual law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God according to my born-again spirit. That's what we could say. He says the inward man or the hidden man of the heart, but it's the born-again man. That's the real you. You are the spirit within. You were either dead unto Christ or you've been born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now the laws of God are written on the tablet of your heart, but they're not written on the tablets of your body or your flesh. He goes on to say, But I see a law on my members, he's talking about the body now, warring against the law of my mind. We've dealt with this. The mind or the soul, mind, will, and emotions, it's kind of like this. uh, It's the part of you that is both connected to the natural and the spiritual realms simultaneously. And so your soul, okay, your mind in, in particular here, is processing input, insight, both from the spirit of man where the Holy Spirit dwells. This is how God communicates with you. Your spirit is his light or his candle, as the King James says. But when he wants to talk to you, he'll illuminate your spirit. So your mind is processing that input, that data, uh, that direction, that correction, that guide on the inside, processing it, both the spiritual dimension, and then also is filtering through and processing input from the natural or the um, physical realms and dimension. And so the soul's kind of the middleman. This is what Paul's talking about. I see a law then, okay? I have the knowledge that I didn't have. Now, we we didn't go and read all of chapter 7, chapter 6, but Paul, in all of his letters, he's writing about the reality of being born again, born from above. But your flesh isn't born again, only your spirit is. James, in the book of James, tells us that even your soul wasn't born again, but it can be renewed by the entrance of the word, the implanted word will renew your soul. But he's talking about here that he sees this law, okay? There's the reality of the born-again spirit. Then there's the uh, law that evil, or I like to say it like this. Evil is a great word, but I think most people would probably understand rebellion better Uh, because evil doesn't necessarily mean witchcraft, although that's a work of the flesh. People fall in the witchcraft all the time. Whenever you try and control something via any spirit other than the Holy Spirit, you're engaging in witchcraft, okay? So when you're trying to pray somebody's will to match up with yours, you know, if you even pray prayers like, uh, in the name of Jesus, I command so-and-so to do this or that, (laughs) brother, that's dangerous. That's witchcraft. Uh, We can't pray uh, 
dominating prayers over people's wills. Holy Spirit has to work with them. They are an independent. They are autonomous. They have a will. They have a decision. Nobody um, has to choose or make a decision to do right. They can choose to do wrong. You cannot force them, manipulate them, control them. Uh, uh, or uh, Let me say it like this. If you try and force them, manipulate, or control their outcomes, you are engaging in witchcraft. And I don't care if you're on the worship team hallelujah, or you're preaching the sermon, if you're engaging in that kind of activity, you are partnering with witchcraft. Again, what is witchcraft? A very basic, simple definition is trying to control the outcome of somebody using any spirit other than Holy Spirit. Um, So he's saying, I see a law here that rebellion is present within me, the one who wills to do good. So you're born again, but where is the tendency to rebel still located? It's in your members. Well, what's that? The flesh. Well, what's that? Paul, uh, Peter called it the tent. Well, what's that? It's your temporary housing. It's the part of you that is uh, interacting with the natural realm. It's also the part of you that there's a promise concerning that you're going to kick off that body of flesh or the body of mortality. Mortality. It's of decay. That's why there's rebellion in it. It's dying. It, it, it's not capable of being born again. So we have a promise in the New Testament that one day at the resurrection, we're going to be changed. Well, which part of you is being changed? Well, the, your spirit's already been changed. Your mind is in this process of being renewed, uh, being saved, delivered by the implanted word. So that process is ongoing. But your body, up until the time of the transfiguration, or when you kick this thing off and you receive a body like his, like Jesus's, resurrected body, then you got to put it under because there's rebellion associated with that flesh. And he says that the law then of the mind is where the flesh is trying to get your mind to give it the command to indulge. But your spirit is saying, no, don't do that. Put your flesh under, restrict that, buffet that, don't go with that idea. Go with this way. Don't go that way. Go this way. Remember what Proverbs says, lean not on your own what? Understanding. The Amplified adds this word, insight. So your flesh is the senses that's connected to the natural world, and it's kicking back into the soul or to your mind. Insight, incoming data. It's saying, it, uh, I, I feel like we should do this, or it looks like we should do this, or I think based on what I've heard, we should do this, or, or you know, this tastes good, that smells good, this feels good, that feels right, that seems right, this, that, this, that looks right. Your natural body is kicking all that data up to your mind. But the Bible says don't lean on that. You got to separate that. What's able to separate between spirit and soul? Well, the word, that's why you got to renew your mind by the reading of the word, because the words really, in many times, the only thing that's able to separate that which is soulish or only carnal and that which is spirit that comes up out, out of your spirit. Some people have not developed this, uh, and I am not where I need to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm better than I was. Hallelujah. That's my confession. We haven't obtained yet. But we are pressing towards that prize, friend. And remember that passage Paul said, we're gonna, we're not shadow boxing. This isn't just a play act. He said, we're actually pressing towards that high calling. Uh, we're pressing into the prize. 
But he said in order to do that, in order to win that prize, to lay hold of that prize and not be disqualified, I got to buffet the flesh. Why would you buffet the flesh? Because that's the that's where the rebellion is. That's that's what he said in Romans 7. You put that thing under because there's rebellion there. You you put that under because rebellion is 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 associated with mortality. You understand that death uh mortality is unto death. Immortality would be incapable of death. All right. So you can understand that these two concepts, these spiritual conditions are polar opposite. With that, you can also understand that mortality is rebellious to life. Death is a rebel. It's rebellious. It's it's antichrist, anti-Christ. It is directly opposed to life. Those two don't walk together because they're not going in the same directions. They are not in agreement. Death is not in agreement with life. Life is not in agreement with death. You understand that? That's why we say it's rebellion. Um, again, I'm not saying that you're dressed up like a warlock. You know what I'm saying? You paint your eyes black and your nails black. You wear black. You got horns on. And, uh, you know, you're cutting, you know, squirrels' throats off and drinking blood. That, that's, not what I'm t- that's, that's not necessarily the evil here. He's, he, he, Paul is a believer, and he said, there's rebellion with me. But where? Not in your spirit but in the flesh. So you got to put that under. All right. So he says, now the law of the mind, this is where the mind comes in. I got to renew my mind now to not choose to go after the flesh because that's, that's what it's used to doing. That's what it remembers. You got a lot of memories. You got to allow the word to bring, and there's, um, you got to allow the word to bring some cleansing. And there is natural processes in your mind, in your brain that help to clean out all the negativity or things that you've changed your mind on. There's actually literally, there's a physicalness, there's a physical reality to you changing your mind. Your mind is uh, this, this what, what they call, it's like a plastic, it's, it's, um, it's a plasticity. It can change and alter and heal and reshape and reform. And there's a physical reality to you renewing your mind so that you don't keep going after the things of the flesh and doing the things you don't want to do. You ever been in that cycle, that vicious cycle where you're like, why did I just do that? I didn't want to do that. Well, mind renewal is necessary then to create new strongholds or new arguments that have set themselves up against darkness lies, deceit, and old ways of living. Um, and the word will help you construct those new strongholds or those arguments that um, win every time over sin. Doubt is a lost argument. Unbelief is a lost argument. The devil constructed something that you thought was more truthful than what the word said, and you begin to change your mind in wrong ways. So just reverse that process, flip it, do according to what the Bible says, that when light comes, when the Bible says, do this, don't do that, then you obey the word and you begin to win these arguments over disbelief and unbelief. All right, verse 22, Romans 7, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. That's what the devil wants. 
He wants to usurp that mind because that's where you give the command to do and to act. Faith without works is dead. Fear without works is dead. If the enemy can get in there and get you to agree uh, with the impulse of the flesh, then he has access to you. That's the law of the mind. That law governs how that works. And he says it'll bring him into captivity. Now, over here, he goes on to say, he said, verse 24, I'm a wretched man. And uh, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, this is very important here because this phrase, body of death, is referring to the tent. It's temporary housing, but nonetheless, it's a tent. And I think I've mentioned this before, but that's in in um, comparison to the building that is being built for us. This body of immortality is uh compared to a building, whereas the body of mortality is compared to a tent. You can understand the vast difference here. Uh, Tents are a little more susceptible to the elements. A building, right, would be uh, resistant to the elements, okay, a lot stronger. So that's, that's the comparison or the analogy being used in the New Testament is right now you just got a tent. But soon you're going to kick that off and you're going to move into a building. Hallelujah. Now that building, the new body, the body of immortality, will not have mortality associated with it. Another way of um, expressing is it, it will not lust after the natural realm. The body like his is a brand new body. Remember, Paul, Paul talked about there's different bodies. There's terrestrial and celestial. The new body that we're going to put on this building is uh, a it's developed in a in the heavenly realms. It will desire what you and I know now as spiritual realities. This physical body, this tent that we're in now, it only knows natural and lusts after the natural. You won't have the same problems that you have now when we get that new body. And I know that people uh, people uh, try and. <clears throat> teach that you've been redeemed from the bondage of sin. You have. I'm going to deal with that. But uh, according to the inward man, but you still have that body of flesh right now, and it still desires natural things. In fact, you can just do a real simple test if you're immortal right now or not. If you did something and your spirit con- uh, condemned you, convicted you of it, then you know you still have a body of flesh because you desired something natural that the Bible forbids and condemns. I'm not talking about sexual. When we talk about the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh or the pride of life, people immediately go, well, I'm not a sexual pervert. Well, you may not be, but if you've craved anything natural, uh, you may be overly sensual. Well, oh man, I'm not a sex freak. Uh, Sensual, (laughs) while it is applied to sexual things, sensual is you just crave all things that your body can uh, sense. It's like a comfort. Your flesh craves this natural world because that's all it knows. It doesn't have the mind or the mental capacity to understand spiritual things. That's what he told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, that the natural man, your tent, uh, uh, doesn't understand spiritual things. Spiritual things are foolish to him. The word foolish means having no mind for. 
the flesh part of you doesn't have the capacity to to understand spiritual things. Your spirit does. All right, now let's get over here back to Romans 7 because I want to get into Romans 6 and then I want to jump over to Romans 8. Um, And so he says here, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's mortality. Well, there's only one deliverer, and his name is Jesus. And that's what he says. He says, I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ our Lord, he's the deliverer. That's, 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 that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, who can deliver me or you from the body of death? Only one can. And it's through the resurrection that you are ultimately once and for all delivered from the body of death. Now, you have a down payment of that deliverance because your spirit man is born again and the Holy Ghost dwells within. And then it's up to you. Listen, it's up to you. It's up to Justin. It's up to you to renew our mind. Remember what he said in Romans 12? Flip over there and we'll flip right back. Look at this in Romans 12. Uh, verse one, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Ephesians five, Ephesians four and five tells us that you've got to so learn Christ. These people were alienated from God through the futility of their mind. So listen, you are responsible for getting into the word. He sent his word. That was his part. <clears throat> Excuse me. He sent his word. But you have to take that word, meditate on that word, confess that word, make that word your profession, your confession, put it in your eyes, put it in your ears. This is your part, friends. That's your part. Your part is to do that. Now, you want to do that because you're born again. The brand new part of you wants to do that. You love the word because you're born of the word. But the flesh um, will say, oh, I'm too tired. The flesh says, oh, I don't, I don't read well. The flesh says, oh, my eyes. You know, the flesh says, there's a TV show. Listen, you know, you know the battle because you can sit there and watch four hours of TV but can barely read for 10 minutes. You know what I'm talking about here. And that's what Paul's saying. Who's going to deliver us from this body of flesh? Paul didn't say that it was necessarily mastering him. We'll read that in six, chapter 6. But he did say that he, while he's in it, it is a daily crucifixion. Not his spirit, but the body. He says, I die daily. He's talking about the flesh. Because the flesh doesn't want to do what his spirit does. He told us that in Galatians chapter, chapter 5. He said, they're contrary to one another. Your flesh and your spirit are, uh, <laughs> we can say it like this, they're mortal enemies mortal enemies the flesh is a mortal enemy of your spirit which is spiritual all right let's go back here he says i thank god jesus i'm paraphrasing he says i thank god he sent jesus who uh was born into a body listen jesus was put into a body overcame mortality died on the cross went to hell was resurrected and then put into, when he come out of the grave, he was put into a brand new body. This is what Paul later went on to express to us, that that's the hope that you and I have, that we also will be resurrected. Now, we liken ourselves unto his resurrection now because 
there's a hope of that fulfillment, but you're still in a mortal body. Uh, there's lots of ways to find out that you're still mortal friends. Okay, man, I'm telling you some of the absolute stupidity that's out there. Uh, we are not immortal yet, but we will be once this tent gets kicked off and we put on our body of immortality. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, thank God through Jesus Christ. He says, so then with the mind, I will serve the law of God, but with the flesh, notice the, 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 the law here that governs mortality is that the flesh will only crave um, uh, what, what is categorized as sin and death. That's all it knows. It's, it, it's only redeeming quality right now is the fact that the spirit within it is born again. Now, he says, uh, before I go into chapter 8, we just finished chapter 7. Let's go back to chapter 6 really quick. And in Romans chapter 6, um, he says in verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, this is according to the Spirit. This is the down payment. This is the... Um, Oh, what's that word? Um, well, it's a it's a down payment. There's a guarantee of this. The Bible talks about this in several places, but that's the born-again spirit. And how do you know you have that? Well, because the spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. But because if you were to look, if you were to look at yourself naturally, you couldn't tell you were a child child of God because that treasure is in is in in an earthen vessel it's hidden within an earthen vessel if you were to look at me you would see my body of flesh you'd say you're not a child of god well because right now you can't see the born again spirit that's on the inside i have a down payment uh he's coming back for me and when he comes back for me there's going to be a uh, basically a wedding ceremony where that consummation is complete but part of that full payment part of the fullness of that redemption is bodily. Right now, I don't have that yet. I got a born-again spirit. My mind's being renewed. But soon, the full the full payout of redemption, redemption's plan, is I also get to move out of this tent and move into a building. Hallelujah. One just like the body Jesus is in. And it doesn't have the lusts of the natural world because it's not worldly. It's not of this world. It is a spiritual body. It is a celestial body, and it craves spiritual realities. Hallelujah. At that point, Galatians chapter 5 will no longer be needed because my body of flesh will not be contrary to my born-again spirit. They will be one. You will be completely one spirit, soul, and body at that point. So, But we're talking about how do we live right now before then. He says this, for if we have been united together with the likeness of his, of his death, certainly we shall also be in, his like, uh, in the likeness of his resurrection. <clears throat> Knowing this, that our old man, talking about spiritual things, was crucified with him because you are a spirit. You are not a body. We're not talking about your body right now. Now, the Bible tells us what to do with it, but right now we're talking about the spirit. And the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Your, your, your 
physical body, your tent was not done away with yet. See, the, some some people get real confused over this. <clears throat> okay, verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign where? In your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Okay, when you were born again, your spirit man became new. Now the laws of God were written on the tablets of your heart, tablets of your spirit. So when you were born again, right there, you were completely delivered from the bondage of sin. Paul goes on and talks about this in chapter 7 as well, um, that while you were still dead unto God, you were a slave to sin because of the nature of your spirit was dead. You were of the father, the devil. But after you were born again, you're no longer a, a son or a daughter of Satan. Now you're a child of God. And the Holy Spirit's bearing witness with you that you're born again. You're totally recreated because he's saying, <laughs> he's revealing the creator to you now is Abba. We cry out by way of the Holy Spirit. Our first, if we could say it like, like, like this, our very first tutor of how to live this new life, the first thing we learned after becoming born again was that creator God, or, or, or we could even say this, that judge is actually Abba. The judge, the creator is actually our heavenly father. Like you woke up one day after being born again and the Holy Spirit saying, who you're looking at is your father. Hallelujah. That happened via the spirit. And he's saying right there at that moment, you were completely delivered from the slave master or the task master of the nature of death. You, the father, your old father, Satan, you're, you're, you're born again now. You are a new creation that has never existed. You are one now with the Lord. You have been joined to him via the spirit. But he says, notice, you still are in a body that has a condition associated with it called mortality. And he's saying, this is what Paul was saying, he's saying there's a law there. It has lusts and cravings. Now, you don't have those lusts anymore according to the inward man, but that body, if you let it do whatever it wants to do, it's gonna still crave what it always craved. He's saying, do not let sin reign in your members now. Now before, excuse me, you didn't have an option because you, the spirit, and your flesh were both dead unto God. They were working together. Remember, we were talking about when you get a new body, The like Galatians 5 says right now, there's something contrary to one another. It's the body of mortality and the born-again spirit. Before you were born again, they weren't contrary because you were dead. You were, you like your nature, you, the spirit part of you was dark, black. You were a child of Satan, basically. And uh, you were just sinning and never in disagreement. But when you were born again, suddenly now you had the life of God in you. You had the law of God in you. Now there's something contrary. 
your spirit, the flesh are contrary now. Now, the hope, the fullness of the redemption uh, plan is that you're going to get a new body, and now the body will desire spiritual things, and now you'll be one again. They won't be contrary to each other. They will agree with one another. He's saying right now you've got this arrangement where you're the body of flesh, where mortality still resides, is going to be contrary to your born-again spirit. And he says, don't inquire of the flesh now because it's always going to disagree with you. And if you do that, you're going to wind up doing something you don't want to do. He says, don't let sin reign. He said, I've made you an overcomer. I've delivered you from the power of darkness. Now by way of the inward man. See, you were trapped before because your nature was dead. But now you're born again, you're delivered. And now there's a aha, there's a whoa. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't have to do what sin was telling me to do. I don't have to do what lust uh, was telling me to do. I wanted to do it, but I've been born again now. Now I have dominion over sin. This is how he's saying how you're going to walk out this life. He says, do not present your members. What are your members? Your tent, your body. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. And watch this, present your members as instruments now of righteousness to God. Well, how do you do that? And I'm out of time, but how do you how do you do that? How do you present your members as instruments of righteousness to God? You dominate your flesh. You put your flesh under. You tell your body what it is going to do. It's saying, no, I don't want to do that. I'm too tired to do that. I'm too hungry to do that. I'm too tired to do that. Well, the inner man rises up and said, in the name of Jesus, whom I serve. Hallelujah. Whose child I am. I command you, body, to obey in the name of Jesus. Get up and go obey. (laughs) Something like that. You have now been given freedom to put death, come on, where it's supposed to be, and that's under the feet of the born-again spirit. Hallelujah. All right, we're out of time, but we'll pick up on this thought right here. So join me again next week, friends. And until then, if you need some prayer, you can reach out to us. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer. We have a prayer form right there on our website. You can fill it out. And there you can put a request. If you want one of our prayer uh, ministers to respond back to you, there's ways to do that there. Or you can call 870-741-9099. Leave a message and one of our prayer partners will call you right back. It'd be our honor to pray with you, friends. That's one way we can partner with you. We're so grateful for you. We thank God for you. Listen, friends, rise up in the newness of that born-again spirit that's on the inside of you and subdue that body of flesh in Jesus' name. Hey, this has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.